This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners. Welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is your host, Jason Cass, and I am back with you. Um, You guys don't know it because I come out pretty consistently, but I actually haven't recorded a podcast in about a week. And Billy and I were laughing because I actually messed up the intro of this one and had to start over. Billy, maybe that's the reason why. Um, By God, I take one week off off and I can't even remember anything. But then again, I swear to God, you know, one of the things loyal listeners that I run into daily, I sit here around 1030 or 11 o'clock in the morning and I try as hard as I can to remember what I had for dinner the night before, because I know if I'm going to have to go buy lunch or not. That is a true story. My wife laughs. I mean, I'll come home and I'll open up the kitchen refrigerator door and I'll go, oh, that's right. We had that. I mean, I really have that bad of a memory. I mean, I can't remember. So it is lucky that I can remember that this is agency intelligence. And today you guys have seen before you play that I have the one and only Billy Wagner on. Now, here's the deal. If you are inside the mastermind, you know the greatness we're getting ready to unleash. I've got him caged back there behind the scenes for a minute. But you will know that when Billy speaks inside of the mastermind, it's not that he's quiet, but he doesn't talk a lot. Um, But when he does, he's giving insight. And very rarely is it one, two, three sentences. Billy um, has, you're going to find out a different perspective. This is agency intelligence. That means we're going to get deep and we're going to talk about some of the things when it comes to processes, hiring and firing, director's operations. If you need to, go ahead and hit pause if you're running or swimming or in the car because you're going to need to take notes, I promise you. That's the reason why we deliver this um, directly to you and especially in this great month that we are in. So right now, now for all you loyal listeners, it is um, December 8th. I am recording this with Billy Wagner on at 9.06 a.m. I know you geeks always love to, to know that stuff. For some reason, I have no idea why, but you do. Um, and I de- don't know when exactly it is, but I want to let you guys know. I mean, if you guys haven't already paid attention, we have a powerhouse. You've probably already heard it in December of people going out. Now, Billy is going to be playing on January 8th. And the reason is, is we blew that power straight over from December over into January. I firmly believe that if you are a new agent or you're trying to change the trajectory of your agency, if you go back and look, listen from about December 1st to about the February 1st, you're going to find out that we are delivering some impact because you are what we care about. And I do what I do because I do it for you. In the meantime, before I get on with Billy, one other thing, I know this has been a long opening. I apologize for that mastermind members. Um, but I wanted to remind you about wegotyourpodcast.com. If you want to see all the podcasts we do, go to wegotyourpodcast.com. Sign up. We're your people. Billy, mother beeping Wagner. What's up, dude? 
What's up, man? I'm so happy to be with you. Uh, it's, a, it's a long time coming to get us together. I'm definitely a loyal listener and happy to be with you today. Yeah, dude, I'm excited about this. Uh, you're always a treat when we have you at BrainShare. People always love it when you talk. I'm not saying that there's a bunch of idiots in the room, but sometimes when Cass talks, they're like, oh, shit, here he goes again, right? Preston Schmidley talks, they're like, oh, shit, here he goes again. When Billy Wagner talks, everybody stops and says, oh, shit, Billy's talking, I better listen. So, Billy, I greatly appreciate you being part of the mastermind and being part of this great industry. Yeah, thank you, man. It's it's a blessing, and it's really for me, it's, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, there's so many people that I've learned from before. And, you know, I hope we can give back to the listeners today and help them. So, cause I've, I've, like I said, I've gotten so much and even from the association of people that, you know, it's been really, really cool to uh, get to know you over the last couple of years. So I'm happy to be with you today. Yeah. Ditto, man. Ditto. Uh, yeah. you were someone who kind of, I think I was just kind of following you in IAOA and I noticed you had really, really deep conversations and really different way of looking at things. And um, I, I wanted you've just been an absolute joy. I have to say that for the mastermind members. I hear a lot of people give compliments and they tell me and they don't tell you. I tell them not to tell you because your head's big enough. And that's an <laughs> absolute lie. You, you have no big ego. Let's start here, though. We'll find out how cool you are. iPhone or Droid user? Man, you created quite the rivalry here, but uh, I am an iPhone user. I think I probably had the first iPhone in like 07, 08, and I like simplicity. I like things that work the way it's supposed to, and so I'm, I'm just, I don't break it because it's, it's working well for me. I got you. I got you. That's, uh, that's it. I got to tell you, the people who jump back and forth, uh, what was it, Doug? Um, Doug Schultz, I believe, is who that was. He's in the mastermind. He told me that he – was that him? I'm pretty sure it was. He he made a post that he finally just went uh, iPhone. So he had been droid for a while, right? Uh, Chris, Chris Langill has went iPhone droid, iPhone droid. I don't know how people do that. Like I'm one guy or the other. I don't want to sit there and learn a new system, you know? Yep. I'm definitely a loyal person. So like, if you yeah. haven't done me wrong, I'm going to stick with you. So that's true. That yeah. kind of fits you too, Billy. Yeah. Billy, um, what's the last app you downloaded? So the last app I downloaded was a navigational app. We bought a boat a couple of months ago. So trying to figure out the waters and I'm a new captain. So that, that's, that's what I just downloaded. That's another reason I was pissed that you didn't live on the, on the Gulf side. Cause I saw that boat. I mean, yeah. it, everybody knows cats can be attracted to a boat in a minute. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, I saw that, but that's a nice little boat you got out there. You've been using it a lot. Yeah, we're loving it. I mean, I bought it cause my kids are 11 and 13 and, you know, just to spend some intentional time with them. They love to like wakeboard and, you know, go on the tube and just kind of hang out. So yeah, we're definitely using it. I mean, I, the weather's getting a little bit iffy, but last okay, I'm going to ask a question. Up. I'm going to ask a question that, um, maybe a lot of Americans don't think about, but I do because I visit Florida two or three times a year. I also have live on a lake. So people know that I love to pontoon. I love doing all boating stuff. Yeah. Are you really getting out on the ocean with the tube or are you staying inland uh, with the tubing and the skiing and stuff? I mean, is somebody yeah. literally in the water with the sharks and shit? I mean, I don't know. I'm done. I'm done like this. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. So we stay in kind of the intercoastal waterways and, you know, Jacksonville's got the St. John's River going through it. So we've got so much water going everywhere. So we definitely stay out of the ocean with that. No stuff. crocodiles or anything. You're not scared of no. that. No. <laughs> 
I tell you what, us from not Florida, man, we're terrified of that shit. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I talked to my wife the other day because when we go to Florida and move there, I'm thinking, honey, we're going to get a boat. Like, are we going to get out there in like two? I mean, first of all, we don't really do a ton of that unless the kids are around and then dad's got to show off and claim his his right to being professional tuber. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, honey, I don't know. Uh, we were down in, um, down in, uh, uh, God, Fort Myers, but right uh, north of Fort Myers, up by Port Charlotte, and we're up in there, and we're in this beautiful house, and we're at the, and we're like uh, on the Gulf, but we're on the Bay side, and like my wife and I are sitting there, and and we're out on this deck, and like this 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 dolphin just comes by. I mean, it's within four feet of me. I mean, if I took a running jump off of the dock, I could have landed on it. Right, it's just right in front of me, and I'm like, holy cow, this is unbelievable, and then like. I don't know, an hour later, like this freaking alligator just comes swimming right through the water. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, I'm like, I would never jump in that water. And then I look over like a couple hours later and the neighbors across the canals jumping in the water. And I'm thinking, what in the hell is wrong with these people? And I'm not scared of water. I love water. Uh, Boy, we have absolutely taken a right turn on this one. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize, loyal listeners. But that's a big deal. I think a lot of loyal listeners like, no, Cass, that was good stuff. I was wondering who yeah. the hell goes swimming in that water anyways. If you go online and you look up, should I swim in the water in Florida? Go up. Go look. I did it. It says no. <laughs> it says there is, there is alligators or that shit. So anyways, <laughs> Billy says to do it and he lives there. So screw yeah. what Google says, you know. Uh, let's see. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose, Billy? Oh, I definitely love to win. Uh, so I, I will probably dissect a loss uh, just so I can get the lessons from it, but definitely love to win and spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to do that. So definitely will love to win. I love to win, but I will dissect the loss. Loyal listeners, yeah. that's a first one for us. That's that's good. I like that. Skill or luck, baby. Brought you uh, where you are today. Which one? Yeah, I would have to say skill. I think um, I've got a handful of strengths that have kind of served me well, but definitely luck has played a, a big role in um, some of the decisions I made. I can definitely look back and see that, that it was luck, but I will definitely say that, you know, the mantra of like constant never in the improvement and, you know, trying to work on growth and stuff has helped me kind of win. So I would say skill if I had to pick one of them. One of the things I heard um, um, uh, Gary V say, that was really kind of one of the most – the dude gets on my nerves, right? Because mm -hmm. I've listened to him so long. After a while, it kind of repeats it. He goes after 21-year-olds, in my opinion. That's just the way it is. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, one thing he said that really has been the most important thing to me over my last four or five years, though. See? I mean, he, he's got the accolades of the number one thing, but he gets tired. I get tired of him after that. And he said the most important thing that we can have is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I have to admit that if I look back at my life, Billy, about the time that I decided to agree with who I was, be okay with who I was, and being able to use those skills in the way that I was given, not trying to create skills that weren't mine, I noticed a huge increase in my life. One of the things that you just said is, is I like to dissect my losses you know, and I, and I, and I really think that that's important. But then you also said, when I asked you the luck or skill, you said that I have a couple unique abilities or something like that. You said, which when I hear people say that, that tells me they've got self-awareness. And so I want to get a little bit more into that as we kind of talk, because self-awareness is going to determine the leader you are. 
right? And you're a leader in your organization. So I'd like to know what some of those strengths and what some of those are. But before we get there, take us back to uh, college, high school, help us relate so that we can figure out who you are today. Sure. So I, I went to college. I've been born and raised in Florida my whole life. Grew up in South Florida, went to college in uh, Central Florida, University of Central Florida, okay. and then moved to uh, North Florida uh, when I started my career. And I started in the actual restaurant business and did that for about 10 years and uh, wanted to figure out something that gave me more autonomy and more freedom. And and then I was for about a half a minute, I, I worked in the life and health side. I was hired as a manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a, yeah, I was a manager. And I, then I started studying insurance business and looked at the PNC side and said, that's kind of where I wanted to land. Uh, I realized that there was a lot of people underserving people. And, and if I was going to take a risk, this is where I wanted to do it. And so I started a scratch agency in 2006. I actually worked for free for six months. Uh, with an agency and they ended up turning out to to be what turned into brightway insurance and so i started with them kind of very early on hitched my wagon to them and i i built uh 10 stores out i bought the franchise rights to 10 locations and built out 10 stores from scratch um, built a 50 million dollar premium uh organization there and then i sold it about two years ago uh back to brightway and kept one location and we're about half that size now and my goal is over the next, you know, seven to 10 years just to get it back up to 50 million in one location versus 10. So simplifying it and trying to leverage. How long, did it take um, you? How long did it take you to get to 50 million in premium with those 10 locations from when you started? Uh, about 10 years. It's about okay. 10 years. Yep. So that's about 5 million if we averaged it, which it's yep. not, but 5 yep. million in premium. And so that's about a million in premium or no, it's about 500,000 in premium if we were just getting very rough. So that's good. Yep. Yeah. I mean, seriously, 500000 in premium for um, – wow, that's good. Okay. I had no idea you had you, – you were up around that far. So how many locations do you have now? So I sold them all back to, to Brightway, and I kept one location, which is kind of the messy kitchen where I was doing everything in the beginning. And so mm -hmm. we've got the one location now. And, you know, in this one location, I've had it since the very beginning, and it's kind of – you know, it's four miles from my house. Ah. And so uh, I just bought the building this year. So this is kind of where I'm going to grow and expand the operation from. And, you know, when we first started, we were doing a million and a, a million in premium the first year. And then every year in this location, we've kind of grown about half a million to 750,000 in additional new green premium. And so um, and a lot of it is transactionally, we do a lot of uh, a lot of policies. So we'll write about 5,000 policies this year in the location. So it's, it's, uh, it's a $1,100 average, you know, so it's a lot of volume. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of agents who are tired of hearing me talk about whales and with you, Billy, we're going to go the other way and talk about that volume. And you'll see why he's so precise in the way that he has to lay it out. Um, dude, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, how, how much um, do you have in premium right now? Uh, about 24 million. Okay. Okay. So when you gave that back, did you give even that premium back for each one of those locations and you just kept your own location premium? Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry to get so detailed. I'm That's just kind of curious. Well, and Brightway is somebody that I don't think a lot of people know about. They're really heavy. Tell me if I'm wrong, kind of in the East Coast, almost in Florida area. Am I wrong or right about that? Yeah. They started in Florida and they've probably, we've got probably a hundred locations in Florida. I was like, 
like one of the first five of them. Um, are they an aggregator? Or are they a, a cluster? How would you describe them? I would consider them to be more of a franchise model. You know, so oh, franchise okay. model, yeah, more than anything else. Okay, so you use yep. their marketing and stuff like that, but then you're yep. still an independent and all that stuff. Correct, yes. Gotcha, okay. There's a lot of benefit to that. I think a lot of companies have tried to do that. Brook Insurance, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. They tried to do it. A lot of companies have tried to do that, almost like the... um almost like a captive environment, but in an independent world, right? Like you're not captive, you don't have anybody over you, but you guys are sharing services and resources underneath the same name. Is that the best way? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think it's the, it's what we're trying to build is a brand that offers choice, right? So there isn't really a brand out there that you can kind of say, okay, I, I know who they are, it's State Farm or whatever that offers the the options and choice, you know, so we're not going to the vanilla ice cream store. We got lots of options, lots of choices, and and that's just better for the consumer. And, and it's basically what an independent agent is, right? And right. so what they do is tie on a lot of the resources for me. So I focus on, I focus on growth and sales, and that's why it's allowed me to kind of grow the way that we have is because that's what we're focused on. You know, it doesn't surprise me. I don't know about you, but how true is it that I see like three professions that a lot of insurance agency owners come from? And they could be agents, but then they become owners. But the grocery business, Mm -hmm. the department stores, and restaurants. And I've just noticed, um, and there's other things that I can, and sometimes the best are actually college athletes, always just tell you that. But one of the things that I've noticed is, is I, you know, I was talking with, um, with David uh, about this and David Carruthers, he used to be a grocery store guy. And like, he's like, dude, I worked 80 to hundred hours a week and I got paid like $60,000 a year. Right. Like I, I, somebody explained to me one time that, uh, dude, you, if you work 60 to 80 hours a week in the insurance business, bro, you're going to make a lot of money, you know? And it just, and it took him a while. The restaurant business, the department store business, I noticed a lot of those head managers, they come out of there really equipped with skills because they ran a business, but also understanding what it's going to take to actually drive growth and to be successful three, five, 10 years out. So yeah. that's interesting that you said that you came from, didn't you say grocery store? No, the restaurants. The restaurant. Okay, yeah. never mind. You said yeah. restaurants. You said restaurants. And those dudes are even worse. Those poor guys and gals work their butts off and don't hardly oh, yeah. get paid. And I, I learned a lot. As you said, I learned a lot of skills there. I learned how to balance a PL. I learned how to, I probably hired a thousand people and fired a hundred. So you learn kind of the, the personnel side of it. I mean, tons of valuable lessons. I mean, I wish I would have went right into an insurance, but I definitely, it definitely helped me and served me well. And I appreciated. Because for me, the goal has always been autonomy. It's always been like, how do I, how do I get my time back, and how do I get my freedom? And that's really what was the driving force. Because I left a six-figure job to go into the insurance business. I didn't know what I was doing. It was a big leap of faith, and everyone said you're crazy. And you know, it turned out really well. But I think it's a lot of it had to do with kind of the skill sets that I had, and I knew how to manage people. And I can tell you that every every one of my team members now, I've got nine team members, and they all they all came from the service industry. So the, mm-hmm. you know, they, and that they're, helps. and they're phenomenal. You know, they know how to multitask. They know how to deal with people and they're very efficient. And then they're also extremely grateful, you know? So 
Hospitality. That was my yeah. fourth one. I knew there was a fourth yeah. one. Yeah. Hospitality. Yeah. You get grocery store, department stores, restaurants, and hospitalities. Loyal listeners, that's something that you can learn from. It really truly is. I think a lot of people, when they're going to hire producers or even business partners, they try to go after banking um, or finance or real estate. I'll just tell you this right now. They've worked out, but I know a ton of people who have went and hired the local banker to try to become a producer and it failed. Just letting you know, if you guys are out there and you're successful, you're you're you're, you're unique because I talked to a lot of agents about that. All right, let's get on with this. This is good stuff. This really, the reason why this was so important when I'm asking these questions, Billy, is it's helping me kind of understand who you are and, and, and relaying the answers in my brain of sometimes the way that you answer. You do have a, a very good skill at that. Now, you said that you hired a thousand and you fired a hundred, uh, you know, that's just some numbers that we're using, but let's say this, like, I know that one of your strengths is hiring. I know one of your strengths is the way that you interview. Let's discuss that a little bit. And my first question to you would be, I mean, you feel free to go all over the place and back me up. If I'm going too wrong, but where are we looking? Where are you looking for your talent at Brett Brightway so that you can get to 50 million? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I realized I can I guess early on that, uh, a what I wanted to focus on were things that were difficult to achieve. And so what I found in, in almost every business is that people struggled kind of with that hiring process and, and really, you know, kind of laying out the structure and the process of, of doing it. And so I spent a ton of time, I did a lot of research, I studied, I read books to try to figure that process out. And I feel like I have got a really good system. I mean, it's 18 steps to come on board to work for us. So it's, you know, it takes about three months. I always hire somebody. When I'm looking at somebody, it's, it's about a three month process and we'll get about a hundred people into our funnel. And we, and I say we have 99% turnover before they come on board because we, <laughs> we sift through everybody and only the like very that. best of the best come on board and they have to go through, like I said, it's, there's a, there's a very long process that I, that I've spent a lot of time, but I'll go a little deeper on it. So a couple things that, that are in that process that I think are really, really important. One is you have to automate the first the front end of it so that you're not spending a lot of time doing it. So when they come on board to me, they can go on my website, they can, they, they start the process and then we, we give them an email interview. Um, this is probably one of the biggest things that I think was really helpful. And that email interview asks about four or five questions, but you know, it's, you know, why do you want to work here? Tell us what, you know, what you're most proud of in your life. But the key is really figuring out the comp side to make sure that that's going to be a match. Um, so we ask about four or five questions that lets us know, Hey, do we move forward with this person? Then they get a personality profile test. They get an emotional and emotional intelligence test. They get a cognitive test. So we're doing all this before we're talking to them. And then they get set up with a phone interview with one of my team members that is very good at that process. And then they, then we do the in-person interview. So there's a lot of steps to it. And the key to the steps is just to make sure that there's barriers that you only let the very best of the best in. And, and then as far as where we're finding people, it's, you know, I say land, air and sea. So we will, you know, we'll hit Facebook, we'll do Indeed's, uh, LinkedIn, we'll do, I send a, a scripted email to about 25 really impactful networkers and centers of influence locally in the community. It just says, I trust you. I need some help. Here's what I'm looking for. And don't worry if, if, they're, if they're not the right fit. We promise that we're going to add value to them. And it, and we're going to make them, I guess, appreciate the process, even if we don't select them. 
And so we get people through there and then our team recruits. Uh, so it's all those people. Like I said, when we hire somebody, there's a there's a pretty big funnel. And the key is to just uh, take our time and find the very best person. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recruiting, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. I think a lot of people, I want to take away two things. That automation is huge up front. So when you're automating that, let's say you get, I mean, so, okay, let's put it this way. Do you go out and hire because you need somebody or are you constantly taking in emails in and letting them know, hey, you qualified, you made it past the first one, but we're not hiring right now. Does that make sense? How does that yeah. go? Yeah. So we're building a bench always and we're constantly always hiring. And uh, honestly, if you have the right structure, the right system, and, and you get the right person, you can almost always make a hire if it's structured correctly. So we're always hiring. Like I've hired a lot more people this year than I ever have. I probably hired four people this year. And again, this is all for the sales role for the most part. And so, yeah, we're constantly uh, always looking for somebody and always building a bench. And we might tell them like, hey, you've got some stuff going on in your life. Why don't we target, you know, I've got somebody right now that has gone through all 18 of our steps, uh, even done a panel interview with our entire team. And we said, we're going to, we're going to target March for you because you're kind of finishing college and let you focus on that. And you start, you know, March 1st. So we definitely are always constantly kind of planning and, and developing people. And if I'm correct, I think that 18 thing, you've pushed it a lot, but I think that might be in the mastermind for all you mastermind members who are listening to this. We'll go share, go check in our files tab. Billy releases a lot of stuff whenever we um, ask him or he sees that conversation going on because that 18, I don't want to get deep into that right now, but that, that is, that is, um, I love how you automate it. Now, one of the second thing I love, I really, really do. And, and loyal listeners think about this. How many times do we hire and we'll reach out to a friend just because it's a passing? Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm looking for somebody if you know of anybody, right? And usually we say it to our friends or we probably say it to people that we feel most confident um, in, in our relationship with. But I love what you did. You reach out to 2025 influencers, um, centers of influence with a scripted email and you send that out, I can imagine, dude, if you send that out to 25 people, you're going to get three, four, five, 10 candidates. I mean, there's people who want to help other people out there get a job. 
It happens every single time. And they, they want to help. They want to help the people as well. The other really mm-hmm. cool thing we do is we will go to, uh, you know, back to the hospitality side. I will go to about five or six of the general managers, proprietors of those organizations. And I will say to them, hey, you know, um, if you've got somebody that is just phenomenal, like they have 100 employees. You got somebody that is phenomenal that works here, that maybe works at night and wants to start a career during the day. You know, I would love an introduction to them and they give me their very best person and it helps them because they're they're offering growth and opportunity for their team. They're not going to work at, you know, Bonefish or Carabas forever. So there's there's some extreme talent that we've gotten just from referrals from the like proprietors and those kind of things. So that's been really good. That's a good point, man. I mean, any person who's a manager or cares about their employees always wants them to do better. So if they got somebody else who walks in and says, hey, I'm looking for this and this person's like, hey, I have this person. It'd be in their best interest to do that. I like that. I like that a lot. One of the things I want to twist on here a little bit is you said that there's almost every situation will work if the comp is built correctly. I think you said something simple yeah. like that. And yeah. I know you've talked about this in the mastermind. I mean, you have some unbelievable compensa- compensation plans. And if I'm correct, I use the word plans because do you have a one size fits all or don't you have multiple depending on how and where you're hiring? Yeah. So we basically, and again, this is a lot of expensive experience where I've failed in the past and just kind of tried to figure it out. But I basically have four different levels of compensation. And generally the positions that I'm hiring for, I have a director of a smooth process that's kind of a developmental role that somebody starts in. And typically they do they do go to the sales side eventually or a junior producer, but basically the sales role there's four levels of compensation and the key, there's so many different ways to pay people. And, you know, the key is, is really as as have different levels of validation. And so, you know, when they start with us, they typically get a salary Um, for 90 days, they get a base salary just because they're a glorified intern and we're teaching and pouring into, we have a to the minute detailed sales process that takes about 12 weeks uh, to get through it all. Um, and then once they do that, then they go on to a salary plus commission. And then when they validate that at a certain number, they get their, their commission increases. And then when they validate it again, they get a small renewal piece. And then when they validate it again, they get, you know, our level four, which gives them a little equity in their book of business. So at every point we're validating where they are and when it gets, when basically when it break evens, it's a break even for us, we, we make it better for them. And then it constantly, you know, grows from there. And it's it's worked really, really well for us, um, you know, to keep people. I have almost zero turnover um, with staff because I treat them right and they're they're constantly growing while they're here. Um, so that's been, you know, that's kind of our process. On so the- when you gave that four, those four things, is that with CSRs, producers, account managers, anybody? Yeah, that's really kind of for the sales the sales okay. piece, the sales role. Okay. Yep. How yep. about for, I mean, is it is normal traditional um, pay? Is it just base plus a little bit something? What are you doing that you feel as if you're unique at doing with your uh, staff that maybe others aren't? Yeah. I mean, we do uh, a lot of, a lot of bonus type stuff. Um, you know, we, we're constantly, you know, pouring into them from a growth standpoint, but uh, there is, I don't, I wouldn't say there's anything except for kind of giving them, eventually giving them equity in their side um, of, of the book. That's probably the, the, the biggest thing was where they're growing to that and they're constantly improving. 
Billy, one of the things that I think is silly, um, in tra- and, and, and once again, David Carruthers and I talk about this, that we as independent insurance agents don't set up our book um, or our business. Uh, we can learn a lot from lawyers, not in mm. the way they do niching and stuff like that, but they set it up as you know, managing partners, senior partner, senior partner, junior partner, junior partner. And I think one of the problems we have as insurance agents, uh, owners, is we have a hard time um, perpetuating our book, right? We always wait until the last like three years and go, well, I guess I need to find somebody. And and it's really weird. I don't know what is up with insurance agency owners that we don't want to immediately, um, you know, a producer comes in. I'm 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 uh, selling in 20 years. I hire a producer. I don't understand why it's not okay to say, "Hey, listen, with these qualifications, you're going to meet make a junior partner, then senior partner, and you can buy in at a senior partner." You know, different types of things. I wonder where it came in line that the lawyers and the insurance agencies went s- separate, even though they're so much alike. Does that make sense? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think we don't think it all the way through. And so for me, it's it's when somebody delivers an exceptional value, you've got to kind of continue to find creative ways to to recognize that. So I'll yeah. give you another example. Like we're I'm very big on, you know, paying off debt. So what I will do is I'll match my team for whatever they pay off in debt in a year, I'll match it. So we're personally, you know, like whatever they personally, personally pay or personal debt. I will match it. So I do a matching wow. program for any debt that they have. Cause my goal is that everyone that works in this agency is debt free, including their mortgage. So as long as they stay with me and they continue to pay it down, I will continue to, to let them, you know, leverage that what they're doing and, and the momentum towards that so that they're all, everyone that works here is, is debt free eventually. I have never heard of that shit in my entire life. I don't know if any other agency owner does that. I want you to reach out to Jason at agency-intelligence.com if you are paying off your debt of your staff. Billy, that's the coolest damn thing I've heard in a long damn time. I'm always trying to find things to do with my staff. You know, their their retirement is important to me. Um, I've told them they stay with me. They're going to get a piece of this. But also, it's important that I get them health insurance. But I'll be honest with you, you get hurt, you can get help at a doctor. You retire and you're poor, ain't no one helping you except for your $1,200 a month you're getting from Social Security. You know, I feel as if that is vital. And that is one of the coolest damn things I've ever heard of in my life. Because, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's a double benefit. Because, like, you're helping them in the future, which is actually giving them more money now. Because it's less that they have to have. If they got $200,000 in debt and they can get it paid off before they retire – well, I mean, damn, Billy. God damn, you got me hyped up, dude. I mean, you really do about that. Got me excited about it so much that I just said a cuss word that I had to have my uh, podcaster edit out there. So anyways, I mean, really, really did because that's cool. I love it because it's the baseline of caring. Yeah. How much yeah. more How much more are you trying to show your staff that you care about them when you're saying, hey, I'm not only going to compensate you, I'm not only going to bonus you from doing a better job, but personally, I want you to be debt-free and I'm going to match it to help you do that. Holy crap, dude. Yeah. And then I think it's, it, like you said, it gives them some momentum in life. And so then we can kind of pivot and talk about kind of investing and, you know, we obviously, we match, uh, you know, 401k and all that kind of stuff, but it's kind of like... Now you have the extra money to do that. Now you're going to further along, you know, your financial piece. And and I think 
one one thing that, that a lot of agency owners probably don't do is focus. I, I am tremendously focused on the growth of them, whether it be personally and or professionally. And people are happiest when they're growing. So we spend an inordinate amount of time focused on them and growing. And, and if they're, that's why we have a 12 week training program that is in very intense. And we do training every single month because I want them to be constantly be growing and personally and professionally, like we'll, I'll do like a life hack section, section of our meeting where we, this is a thing that I've learned and I want to share it with you. So they're constantly growing while they're in here and they may not work here forever. I hope they do, but if they don't, they're going to be better off by being in these four walls. So what other things do you do besides growth hack? What's a, what's a business, what's a um, sales meeting look like? What's a staff meeting look like? Is there any certain things kind of like I do the three questions and then I end with, you know, a little bit of a structure. Is there anything that you have a structure in your sales meetings or your meetings? Yeah, absolutely. So we do a a weekly meeting, uh, you know, the EOS kind of system, that kind of model where, you know, we, we kind of collaboratively work on, our issues. And I was doing this with our family for, for five or seven years where we had a family weekly meeting every Sunday. And I'm like, why am I not doing this in my business? Because it's like collaboratively, if we all kind of come up with a solution together, that's kind of the way I lead. We're all going to be more adapt to following through on whatever we decide. And so that's kind of how we lead our, our business. And then the accountability is there for the team. They all have their KPIs, their metrics. They enter those in and it's all transparent in front of everybody. And they got to do a presentation on their week so everybody knows what's going on in their life and where they're winning and losing. And, and the results are kind of transparently right there in front of them. We also um, have accountability to the goals. So this is one of my favorite time right now is the end of the year, beginning of a new year, kind of laying out the goals. And actually this Thursday, one of my key team members, him and I are going a day early and we're going to do a full day of planning for next year. And then the team's going to come, the entire team, we're closing our office on Friday. The entire team's coming on Friday where we're going to do a goal planning, uh, state of the agency, transparent, everything where everything's at. And then Kelly is actually coming on Saturday to do a virtual training with the whole team for three, three and a half hours. And then we're just going to have a blast. We've got two houses and uh, right next to each other in downtown Savannah. So we're just going to kind of have a great time. Um, oh, wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that does sound great. And mm. excited for Kelly. Kelly's yeah. coming to our office in July, January and February. Cool. Um, I had to step it up. There's just too many. You know, that's the thing where we've been lacking mm. is training. Yeah. We just haven't. You know, what happens is, is you get into growth, you get into dealing with things and it's just a straight bad leadership on my part. It really is. And that's something that I told Travis about. I said, dude, we invested. I mean, God damn, our growth was so big this year, but we can't continue on letting that be an excuse of why we're not training or that growth is going to fall down, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that, so that's why we really stepped it up. And, and Kelly, um, for the value she provides, she's very inexpensive. When you compare her to other uh, counsel or other counselors, man, I'm telling you what, my brain is just not there today. When I'm com- when I'm comparing her to other consultants and stuff like that, yeah, she's going to be on the high side. But um, man, some of the 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 track record she comes with is just phenomenal. It it's really all, truly is. It's uh, to me, it's all about the value that you deliver, right? And so, and for me, it's also like another. It's another voice that's not me because my skill sets align with Kelly's skill sets, but it's also better for the team to also not always hear me. 
So we always will, we brought her in the last three years and just have her do a session. And, and I think, I guess the other piece that I would say that's really important on the development and the growth and the training is like, we, we, um, not only do we secret shop our team in our office, we, we also practice the experience over and over and over and over again till it's right. So when somebody goes through our training process, we're going to record how they, you know, build rapport with a new client, what the sales process is like. We're going to do that to an, at nauseum till they have it a hundred percent correct, because that habit is then how they're going to treat, you know, the 5,000 clients we're going to deal with next year. That's got to be right. If that's not right, and, and a lot of times, a lot of agency owners will be like, well, I told them to do that. But yeah, you told them one time. Did you actually mm-hmm. script it? Did you actually practice it? Did you like in a circle of trust say, I would say this, but I wouldn't say that? Are you constantly working on making sure that the interactions with the client have a certain experience? And that's, I guess, the, kind of the key for us. And that's why we can do so much volume is because we're very efficient and we've played the whole process out. Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about that. Hmm. You know, um, you know, I've, I've been saying this a lot. I think sometimes we have to discover that. So you say you're efficient, but I would, I would question you and say that you're productive. I think if, I think same is doing, is doing the same. Efficiency is doing the same with less people or less resources as opposed to productivity is where you're doing more with the same amount of resources, right? So yeah. it seems like to you, you're being more productive. Now, there's other ways you're being more efficient, but I think it's important to let people know that and understand that because when we're doing more with the same amount of people, that's what we're doing. And sometimes that seems more efficient. Well, yeah, we're being efficient. We're able to do more with the same amount of people, but really doing the same with less people is the same thing. So how can sometimes during COVID, how can we maintain what we are, but we may have to lay some people off, which means we need to get more efficient, right? And that's where automation comes into it. And sometimes we try to sometimes, and I'm not saying we can't, Billy, I'm just saying sometimes we try to put the automation a lot with the productivity. And me, I think efficient automation works more or better with, um, with efficiencies. We could dig down into that in a deeper time, but I, it's something that I learned from, um, Jeb Blunt from fanatical prospecting really helped my prospecting is looking at it and saying, am I trying to be more effective or efficient or am I trying to be more productive? Cause I'm being more productive. I have to understand what the definition of productive is so that I can lay, lay that out in my life. That was something that I had come through a couple, couple years ago. And so what I do is I call it Protoficient, which I looked it up online. It's it's actually a word that's uh, not there. It's created by Jason Cass, and it means doing more with less. Yeah, I like that. Right? that that's doing really good. more with less proto um, resources. So it's kind of the middle of the two, and that's what we're trying to get at. So, anyways, Billy, wrapping up here, I didn't even realize it, dude. I just looked down. We've been doing this for forty minutes. I swear to God, I thought it was like twenty minutes. Um, Billy, wrapping this up, dude, so we can get back to life, and you can get back to—I mean, five thousand clients. I mean, every day is important to you. <laughs> so, so, anyways, what I want to do is is, is wrap this up um, with leaders or readers. I know you're a leader, and I know you're a reader. And if you're a leader, then it must be you're a reader. What are you reading right now? Um, I. What I, a couple of people that I really like is I like, love Donald Miller. Uh, he's got a, a new book coming out that I've kind of seen some of it. It's phenomenal. Um, like the Business Made Simple platform. I just really, really like that. Um, I'm a big 
uh, Darren Hardy fan. Um, I love the book Traction, the EOS book. Mm, um, there's, there's, I mean, I'm constantly um, reading and learning. And, and what I typically do is, again, I, I, I will get somebody will have to tell me about five or 10 times to read a book before I'll read it because I, again, I'm leveraging my time and making sure that it's, it's, mm -hmm. it fits for what I'm trying to do. Uh, but I, I definitely love to learn. I uh, love to, I love the growth. I mean, that's why I'm in kind of the mastermind group with you is I, I want to learn from other people and I'm constantly looking for ways to do that. There's some straight studs in there, dude. Yeah, definitely. Straight, I mean, straight studs. <laughs> now, um, I notice a lot of times people, when they're doing improvement, sometimes uh, it usually do it in the morning or in the afternoon. But I notice a lot of times, kind of like me and others that I've talked to, that's usually when you're trying to veg out, trying to shut down your mind, you know, before you go to bed, maybe late at night. A lot of people like to watch TV. And so I'd like to know what you're watching. Because if I'm correct, you and your boo, you probably watch Hulu, make it your Kithcon Netflix, or I don't know, maybe you're spending your time on Amazon Prime. Billy, what's the Wagner house watching at night when you're trying to shut down? I don't care how wild or crazy it is or if it's a Netflix show. Let us know. Yeah. So I don't watch a ton of TV. Uh, my, my wife doesn't, she drags me into shows, uh, quite frequently, what I'm talking about. but, uh, we, we were watching kind of the shits shits Creek or whatever that show is just a comedy right now that we're just kind of fumbling through. So we're, we're enjoying that again. I, I don't watch a ton of, a ton of TV, but, um, you know, if, if I do, it's always like, again, the same premise of somebody's told me 10 times to watch it. And, you know, so I've watched the Ozark and, you know, those shows that were in the Queen's Gambit and those kind of things where everyone's like, this is really good. And that's kind of the only time I'll, you'll get me to, to watch something. Totally, totally. Yeah. And, you know, it, it does. It slows down my brain for once. Like I can mm -hmm. concentrate on something else and I don't think about that. But at the other end of the day, um, I see my wife, I see my kids, but my wife really likes it when I sit down and like watch one episode with her, mm -hmm. you know, so like I'm always like, honey, find one of those things. It's like 30 minutes long. I like those ones. Um, but normally, normally they're not. But Queen's Gambit, all those stuff is really, really, truly good. Right now I'm stuck in documentaries. Mm. I'm really, really looking through um, some documentaries out there because here's the thing about my documentaries. I don't like um, if you're trying to prove a theory to me or you're trying to say the government's doing this wrong or some kind of thing like don't eat McDonald's food documentary. That's not me. That's mm -hmm. not me. I don't like that crap because I know it's all slanted and I don't know what I'm listening to as to what the, 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 the person who's making the documentary, the way that they feel. But I love documentaries when they go and they look at people's lives, especially when they failed. Mm. I really, really like that. And I can't think of his name, but uh, he there's one documentary that I just watched uh, recently, and, and it was about um, this Boomer and Carton is what it was. Two mm. people um, who Craig Carton, uh, it's a documentary on him. It's really interesting, Billy. You should watch it. Mm. Um, and it just talks about a guy who came from nothing, went to being the number one DJ in New York for 10 years, was riding high. And, and this isn't telling anything right now he's in jail. And, mm. and, it, and it's like, and it's like what he went through. And you can see that sometimes in the times that you've had and the times the loyal listeners have had sometimes in your most successful times, sometimes it's real easy for us to forget um, where we came from and how we came from that. And it's also sometimes, which Billy, I don't know if you for, you forget this so much. It's important that sometimes we don't realize that with our success or with our business's success, that everybody else is basing their life on that too. 
Yeah. And when Jason screws it up, I just screwed up a hundred or 50 house payments. You know, I just screwed up 25 car payments, you know, people who have their kids in school. And so that's what I really liked about. And that's what I took that away from was like, Jason, no matter how successful you get or how great you think you are, it's not about you. It's about the staff and everybody else who has bought into the vision that you have portrayed for them. So that was a really, really good one for me. So you can't learn all the lessons you can't, you got to learn the lessons from other people. So you can't live long enough to make all the mistakes yourself. So I love learning from other people and, and figuring out where they messed up and trying to, trying to fix it. You know, you can't live long <laughs> enough to, to make all the mistakes out there. That's good. I like yeah. that. That is the yeah. truth. That's why you got to learn. That's what you got. And that is the benefit of AI, not, yeah. not agency intelligence, but our, our artificial intelligence, right? Yeah. It's yeah. allowing us to be able to make those mistakes and bring them back and say, oh yeah, okay. I shouldn't do that or not. Exactly. Billy, appreciate your time. Anybody wants to reach out to you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook. Um, you easily find me there. And um, you can also email me at billy.wagner at brightway.com. What great, what a great time. What a great podcast, man. Took yeah. away lots of nuggets. I love hearing from other agency owners. This is the greatest industry God ever created, isn't it, Billy? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Billy, did you, think, did you think that you'd have the life that you have when you were younger? No, absolutely not. I'm just, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, and it keeps getting better. That's the great thing about this business is the the day before is always the worst. It's always better the next day, no matter what, everything is better the next day. So it really, truly, it really, truly is. You know, one thing I say about this and I'm going to, I'm going to close up, but I say this, if you ever want to doubt how great the insurance industry is and you're another business owner, there's no way you could say that I have a bad business. What do I mean by that? I can come in on January, we'll say 4th of this year, 2021. I could lock my door on my agency, mm-hmm. leave, not come back for the whole year, not answer the phone one time, and I will probably make 70 to 60 to 80% of my revenue that I did this year. Yeah. Please tell me. Please, please tell me of another industry that you could do that with. Yeah. I mean, you just can't do that with. Now, I would really like to do that one day just to really prove how much I could keep. I mean, it's, it's, it's a terrible business idea. You're going <laughs> to lose your ass. But I'm just saying it would be it would be really, really cool because I think that's true. Because most of my clients, if they call in and we don't answer the phone for some reason, we call them back, say, hey, da, 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 da. they're like, oh, we just called in directly to the carrier. Now, a lot of people are like against that. They're like, oh, I don't want that. Man, ours do that and we still have a pretty good retention uh, ratio, you know? So I don't know, just crazy out there. But yeah, I mean, there's no other business that you can do that with. I mean, I'm entrepreneurial spirit and I think of other businesses and I I always come back to investing more in this one. It just nothing else brings the same return because you're not hero to zero. You've got a foundation after a lot of hard work, you've got a foundation that always kind of keeps growing. So we're going to end at about 16% growth. Last year, yeah. we were a little bit more at 19. Um, if I work hard again next year, I'll be at 15% growth. I don't know about you, but I can't take $800,000, which my revenue is, and put mm. that in the stock market and get that kind of return. Exactly. Nor can I control it, right? right? Depends on who's president, the economy, all different stuff. Me, as long as we come to work, we keep training, keep investing in our people, keep looking for the best people and trying to make a 
them productive and efficient, uh, it, this this is the easiest business in the world and it pays the best. Absolutely. Billy, you're an example of that. Thank you very much for what you do for the insurance industry. I can't wait for Brainshare. I always love seeing you. I think I'm going to see you before then though, right? You're going to go to IAOARU in yeah, uh, Tampa? Yeah, I'll be yeah, there. That's just right across the state for you. All right. Well, Billy, thank you very much for your time. And for all you loyal listeners out there, you know, I do what I do because I do it for you. This has been Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This has been Cass. He's Wagner. We're out.